to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. MTHFR. So what the bleep is it? If you've heard of MTHFR and have no idea what it is and feel like you should, or if you've discovered you have this genetic change and are sort of shaking in your boots, this podcast is going to help clear up your concerns and give you clear guidance on how to handle it for your best health. If ever a gene is having its heyday, it's the MTHFR. I did a Facebook Live on it a few weeks ago, and it drew 20,000 views in two days. I get questions about this popular topic from most of my patients and emails about it all the time. So if you're wondering what it is and what you should do, you're not alone. I'm not quite sure how MTHFR became so famous. It might be the humorous acronym, which if you look at it long enough, your brain might just fill in the missing letters. Or more likely, the popularity of the 23andMe genetic testing and concerns about the very real risks it can carry. Clearly, there are a lot of questions about it, and it's an important gene with potentially significant consequences for some of those who have it. So in this recording, I'm going to explain what MTHFR is, why it's important for your body, what it means if you have the genetic change, whether and how to get tested if you don't know if you carry it, and what to do if you do. Hopefully, I'll dispel your worries because it's a very manageable issue with straightforward prevention steps you can take. So first, what is MTHFR? The MTHFR gene provides the code for a specific set of instructions your body uses to make an enzyme called, ready, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. Yes, it's a mouthful, so we just call it MTHFR. But wait, what's a gene you're thinking and what's an enzyme? Let's kind of go over those concepts first. Genes are made up of DNA, and they're the basic units by which heredity happens. That is the transfer of your genetic blueprint from your parents to you. Genes are present in all of your cells except for your red blood cells and provide your body with the instructions for assembling all of your basic structures through protein formation. The Human Genome Project estimates that we humans have somewhere around 20 to 25,000 genes, each of which is made up of a few to thousands of sequences of the genetic building blocks called nucleotides. Each of us is given two copies of every gene, one copy of each inherited from each of your biological parents. These pairs are called alleles, and we all have basically the same number of genes coding for the same proteins, but we have variations, for example, in some of the genes that give us our unique height, eye color, and other traits. We also all basically have the same genes that program our biological functions, but even there, we can have variations. The most obvious differences occur when there are serious genetic variations that can occur by accident or damage in the reproductive process and lead to birth defects or diseases. We also can have less serious variations in the sequences of our genes, whereby one of the smallest particles that make up our DNA, the nucleotides, gets dropped or swapped one for another in one of the alleles. 
These changes are called SNPs, and that's short for single nucleotide polymorphisms. However, unlike genetic defects that lead to diseases, the SNPs associated with the MTHFR gene don't automatically cause disease or medical problems. They're changes that are modifiable with lifestyle and nutritional approaches that I'll share with you in a little while so you can prevent problems. Enzymes, by the way, are substances that catalyze reactions, which means they cause a chemical reaction to happen. For example, the formation or breakdown of proteins to make structures that perform most of the functions in your body. MTHFR is an enzyme necessary for a number of important chemical reactions, as you're about to discover. So what's the fuss with MTHFR? Well, MTHFR is involved in a series of chemical reactions necessary for your body to properly use folate or vitamin B9 as part of a multi-step chemical sequence, and it transforms a byproduct of this process, homocysteine, which has been associated with inflammation in your blood vessels and most of the medical problems associated with MTHFR SNPs into the amino acid methionine, an important building block in protein formation and also required for the formation of SAMe, which is a universal methyl donor for almost 100 different substances in your body, including DNA, RNA, hormones, proteins, and lipid. What's a methyl donor? It's a carrier that contributes a methyl group, which is unromantically a carbon atom attached to three hydrogen atoms, to a biological process or reaction in your body. Methylation is a process where one molecule passes a methyl group to another molecule. And this occurs in your body millions of times each minute. Methylation is incredibly important because it's responsible for genetic expression, activating or turning on, and silencing or turning off specific gene sequences. When a genetic sequence is turned on when it should be off, or turned off when it should be on, serious consequences can occur. For example, cells in your body are naturally programmed to die when they're damaged, a process called apoptosis, which is controlled by this gene expression. If the sequences in this process are altered, damaged cells may, instead of automatically self-destructing like they're supposed to, continue to reproduce or replicate. Another term for excessively replicating damaged cells, cancer which is why MTHFR SNPs are also associated with possible increased risk of cancer. Methylation is also essential for detoxification processes in your body to occur properly. It's necessary specifically for the production of something called glutathione, one of the most important natural detoxification agents our bodies make. Thus, the combination of decreased detoxification in our current environment with over 80,000 circulating chemicals, few of which have been tested for human safety, presents a potentially greater challenge and risks to the health of individuals who have MTHFR SNPs, especially one called C677T, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Also importantly, properly functioning MTHFR is necessary for your body to be able to utilize vitamin B12. And MTHFR SNPs, those single nucleotide polymorphisms, if you've forgotten what SNPs stands for, 
have been associated with vitamin B12 deficiency. Vitamin B12 is responsible for a ton of important biological processes, including making red blood cells, the function of your neurologic system, and also forming DNA. While there are at least 40 variations in the MTHFR genes, the two that at this time we know carry the most significance for human health and potential for disease are known as A1298C and C677T. Because we have one copy of each of these from our parents, we can have one or two variations in either or both. In fact, SNPs in the MTHFR genes are incredibly common. About 30 to 45% of the population has one SNP in one or the other, and about 10% of us have two variations in one or the other, or both. If you have one change in either gene, this is referred to as being heterozygous for the SNP, and it's often written as a plus slash minus sign. If you have two gene changes in either one of these, you're considered homozygous for that SNP, and that's often written as a plus slash plus. So you can either be plus minus or plus plus for A1298C and or plus minus or plus plus for C677T. Now, one or even two changes in A1298C usually actually doesn't lead to any health or medical consequences, and a lot of people think it doesn't need any treatment or attention at all. In my opinion, it does merit some awareness. Now, changes in C677T can, particularly if you have two changes, definitely increase the likelihood of potential risk, emphasis on the word potential, which I'll swing back around to. Medically, because of the importance of adequate amounts of circulating folate, and because of the potential harms of excess circulating homocysteine when this pathway isn't working correctly, and the hazards of not methylating properly, the MTHFR C677T SNP has been associated with increased risks of the following conditions, vascular disease, including high blood pressure, heart disease, cognitive dysfunction, and dementia, including Alzheimer's, blood clotting disorders leading to excessive clotting, which also increases risk of dementia and stroke, in fact, glaucoma, depression, anxiety, and other more serious psychiatric disorders, and a decreased responsiveness to antidepressant medications. So low folate and the C677T SNP have been shown to be more prevalent in people who try an antidepressant medication and it just doesn't work for them. We also see increased risk of fertility problems, miscarriage, pregnancy-induced hypertension or PIH, preeclampsia, and placental abruption. And for baby, there are intrauterine development risks, including neural tube defects, including anencephaly, spina bifida, cleft lip, and cleft palate. On top of it, vitamin B12 deficiency can cause something called megaloblastic anemia. It can also cause fatigue, weakness, constipation, loss of appetite, weight loss, and neurologic problems such as numbing and tingling in the hands and feet, difficulty maintaining balance, depression, confusion, dementia, poor memory, and soreness in your mouth or on your tongue. So this is all pretty big, serious stuff. 
So the question then is, should you get tested? And if so, what tests? Conventional testing is easily available for the MTHFR SNPs themselves and also for homocysteine levels, B12, and folate levels. Any licensed medical provider can order these for you and, though they aren't always covered by insurance, independent labs also such as Genova and Doctors Data also offer these labs. Now, if you order these labs independently, I really recommend reviewing your results with a knowledgeable medical practitioner before either jumping to scary conclusions based on what these labs give you in an information printout or jumping onto high doses of supplements. That's a bandwagon that is not necessarily a good idea to jump on. However, it's important to remember that the MTHFR SNP does not necessarily mean you are automatically at risk for any of the symptoms or conditions I mentioned and does not automatically you need supplementation to offset the potential risks. That's all they are, potential risks. The presence of the gene alone itself doesn't mean that the enzyme won't function well. It can't tell you whether you personally are methylating well or poorly, for example, and whether you need additional support. And in fact, excess supplementation has its own risk. So in my practice, here's who I check for the MTHFR A1298C and C677T SNPs themselves, along with testing for elevated homocysteine and B12 deficiency. So all women who are of childbearing age, and specifically all women who are trying to conceive, all women who have had a child previously with any birth defects, behavioral challenges, or autism, because any of those can be related to the MTHFR SNP. And if you've had that in the past, you'll want to check to see if you have the SNP and that could potentially be something you can do something about to prevent risks in the future. Also, anyone with personal symptoms or a personal or family history of a medical problem that could be attributed to an MTHFR SNP. So for example, depression, heart disease, a previous clot, stroke, children born with neural tube defects, or any of the other medical symptoms or conditions I've mentioned. And then finally, I test all children in my practice who are struggling with behavioral challenges or who are on the spectrum. And I check for SNPs, B12, and elevated homocysteine levels in those kiddos as well. Now, if you've gotten tested and discovered that you have the SNPs and you wonder what to do, the first thing is don't panic. Again, just because you have the SNP, it doesn't mean it's all gloom and doom. If you do have it, I do recommend that you get checked for your homocysteine levels and your B12 levels, because that can help you know whether having that SNP is having an impact on you. But again, don't panic because this is something that you can do something about. Essentially, if you have the MTHFR SNP, you can't get your folate into its methylated form because your methylation pathway isn't working. And so you can't recycle your homocysteine back into methionine. And that is where all the good work happens in this pathway. So it's a bit like you need to get from train station A to train station C, but train station B isn't working. So you need to hop a cab to get around the obstacle. Methylfolate is the form of folate supplementation that's already in a methylated form. 
And that's what allows you to bridge that gap when you don't have the properly functioning enzyme. From there, once you do the supplementation, the rest usually takes care of itself. So here, I'm going to present you with a few different scenarios so that you can kind of pick and choose what might be the best pathway or option for you. So if you have the SNP, but normal homocysteine, normal B12 levels, and no history of a problem, here's what you can do. If you have the A1298C SNP and no other issues or lab abnormalities, Technically, current studies show no need for supplementation. However, I still recommend 400 micrograms of methylfolate daily because it's protective, there's no harm in that dose, and we're still learning about the potential for these SNPs to be associated with diseases, so I feel like the protection is worth it. If you have the C677T SNP, whether you're heterozygous or homozygous, and you have no other issues and no lab abnormalities, I still definitely recommend a lifelong maintenance dose of 400 to 800 micrograms of methylfolate every day, depending on your family risk factors is how you'd pick the lower or the higher of those two doses. If you have the SNP and are trying or planning to conceive... In order to get the folate that you need or the methylfolate that you need to protect your baby, you have to be able to get it somehow. In women of childbearing age, in order to get folate, which is the naturally occurring form from plants, folic acid, which is the synthetic form, or methylfolate, the form you need if you have the SNP to be protective, it has to be taken during the first month of pregnancy. Neural tube closure happens by about 28 days. And often that's before a woman even realizes she's pregnant. Therefore, I recommend all women of childbearing age to take a supplement with 400 to 800 micrograms of methylfolate specifically if you know you have the SNP, but also if you don't know, because the other forms will not provide the protection that your body can use if you do have the SNP and could actually be counterproductive. Then throughout pregnancy, the same dose should be maintained. And I actually go up to one milligram a day in women with a history of fertility challenges, miscarriage, or any of the pregnancy complications I mentioned earlier, or a child with any birth defects, behavioral challenges, or autism. Now, if you have the SNP and have elevated homocysteine or low B12 or any MTHFR-related symptoms or medical issues that I mentioned, here's what you can do. In my patients with elevated homocysteine, I recommend supplementing with 800 micrograms to one milligram of methylfolate every day while trending elevated homocysteine levels for every three to six months until they're down to within normal range, which is less than eight. And then staying on a lifetime maintenance dose of 400 to 800 micrograms unless additional dosing is recommended by your medical provider. If you're seeing a functional medicine practitioner, you may have had a test called the ION test on which it may have been found that you have elevated FIGLU. This is also a marker of trouble with folate metabolism. And if you find that you have elevated FIGLU, I recommend getting conventional homocysteine testing and then trending that, just like I mentioned, with methylfolate supplementation. 
If your testing shows that you're low in vitamin B12, you'll want to make sure you're getting ample sources of B12 in your diet and supplement with methyl B12 or methylcobalamin as needed. Be careful, however, though, because without adequate methylfolate, you might not be able to adequately use your methyl B12. Sometimes individuals who are struggling with depression need higher doses of methylfolate, even up to several milligrams daily. However, when you're going over that one milligram a day dose, I suggest working with a medical provider who's skilled in caring for women with depression and also managing higher methylfolate doses. Also, you want to be careful because over-supplementation of methylfolate can mask a vitamin B12 deficiency. One common question I get is, should I test and treat my kids? As I mentioned earlier, I test kids on the spectrum and with significant behavioral issues for MTHFR, homocysteine, and B12. Otherwise, I don't routinely test children, and I don't test any children under two years old. For kids that do test positive and have medical issues, I supplement with 50 to 400 micrograms of methylfolate, depending on their age, and I supplement with methyl B12 accordingly. And again, in this case, I usually recommend working with a functional medicine pediatric practitioner who can help you with dosing and what to look for. One caveat I want to mention, even though methylfolate dosing in the ranges that I've suggested in this article is completely safe. Some reason, for some reason, beyond what I'm going to discuss here, um, individuals with histamine intolerance may find that methylated B vitamins act as a symptom trigger. In that case, I suggest supplementing instead with SAM-E and to trend homocysteine levels. If this is the case with you, again, I recommend directly working with a functional medicine practitioner experienced with histamine intolerance, and stay tuned for an upcoming podcast and blog on histamine intolerance that should come around March or April of 2017. I want to kind of bring us back to the bigger picture, which is epigenetics. Geneticists have an expression, nature loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. While having the MTHFR SNP may in itself inherently pose some risks that require you to supplement with methylfolate and B12, it's important to also remember that just having the gene doesn't necessarily increase your risks over the next person who doesn't, and that we're all at risk due to the overwhelming number of environmental toxins we're facing in the setting of overall nutritionally depleted diets, skipping meals, skimping on veggies, and not getting enough phytochemicals in our diet to help us with our detoxification. We're also typically not getting enough sleep, we're under a lot of stress, dealing with chronic overwhelm, and other triggers that can put us just as much at risk, if not more, of health problems. And then if you do have the genetic risk, you've got that kind of extra double whammy. So regardless of our MTHFR status, we all need to be mindful of supporting our elimination and detoxification pathways, avoiding the toxin exposures within our control in our diets, household, body products, and just leading healthful, mindful lives as much as we can. Adding in a multivitamin with methylfolate or supplementing a modest amount of methylfolate daily is a safe and appropriate strategy, even if you're unable to get testing and you just want to maximize your health protection.
Now, of course, I want to give you as many resources to learn more as possible. One fabulous resource if you want to learn how to support your own natural detoxification, improve your elimination, and maximize your diet to protect yourself no matter what your MTHFR status is my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, which you can get a copy of over at avivaram.com forward slash book bonus. If you want to read this podcast as an article, I've posted the link below so that you have all the doses written out for you and some of the big words that may have been hard to catch the first time around, although we can all just say MTHFR. And that's posted below this podcast. And if you found this helpful and you think someone else will find it helpful, please share it. And please make sure to drop a like over on iTunes because iTunes really loves that. And iTunes supports those likes by making sure more and more folks get to listen to this important information. Thank you so much. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your best self over this upcoming week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.